every 24 hours, millions and millions of people land on a product page for a product that they've, they've never seen. And based on the sales pitch on that product page, simply based on the sales pitch on that product page, they part with their hard-earned hard -earned dollars, which means basically they're taking their wallet out and they're saying, okay, this is the curling iron I want to buy. This looks really good. They've covered all the questions I had. I'm just going to buy from them. Welcome everyone to another exciting conversation on the VWO podcast. In this episode, Rishi Rawat, founder of Frictionless Commerce, explains how to optimize your product pages to maximize conversions. We'll study user behavior, craft a captivating sales pitch, and make sure it packs a punch. And the best part, Rishi, will guide you on a journey to potentially boost your sales by a staggering 20% in just 90 days. But wait, this episode isn't like your regular podcast. It's a unique webinar turned video podcast, and it is delivered to you in the form of an exclusive masterclass. So don't forget to hit that follow button to stay updated with our latest episodes. That said, let's dive right in and learn how to optimize your product pages. So the first thing is, let's start off at the top and really ask ourselves, how do shoppers actually search online? What is that mechanism like? Then we're going to talk about the fact that the marketer has just one shot. I think it's really important for us to understand the context. The third one is how to think about your product page. The next one is developing a product page sales pitch. And you'll notice that I've used the word sales pitch here, and it's very intentional. I think we tend to look at our product pages as being a description, and we need to get away from that and look at it as a sales pitch. And we'll cover that on that section four. And then finally, we'll talk about how do we maximize impact. So I'm just going to get started. So the first thing I want to do is, is I'm going to play a short video to show how shoppers search online. And this is just an example of how someone will look for something like a curling iron. They see all these ads. They see what's promising. They kind of scroll down a little bit. And then they click on the one that seems the most relevant to them. So they're still kind of you know deciding. And now they've come to the product page. And the product page is where they they close the pop-up if they don't want to see it. And then the product page is where they are kind of deciding, you know, is this the curling iron I want to buy? Is this the brand I want to focus on? This is how shoppers behave. And so it really goes from a search intent to a search result to clicking on that result, coming to the product page or wherever. Well, let me put it this way. The re what happens is that way Google product, uh, product listing ads are structured is that they configure to the product page. So the people who are seeing those little tiles are clicking on them, coming directly to your product page. They're not going to your homepage. They're not going to your category page. You can do custom coding to make that happen. The default setting is that they come to the product page. So really, it's really interesting. But for this user that has come to this, this product page looking for a curling iron, they've never heard of this brand. They don't care about this brand right now. They've come to the product page. The entire website is that one product page. And I think it's really important to kind of look at your product page as being your entire website versus just being a page where you're describing what that product does. And then the home page is where you talk about your brand and your about us page is where you talk about your origin story. Actually, that's not how it, how it actually happens. The user is literally coming to this page and they are deciding in a fraction of a second if you deserve their attention or not. And nine times out of 10, they conclude that we don't. And then they leave the website and they look at some of the other tabs that are open. That is what we are competing against. So I want to talk about this idea of one shot. This is a screenshot from my website. I've looked at data for 400 e-commerce websites. So I know that this is very common for everyone. 
And I would say, so my return rate is 11%, right? Your return rate might be 20%. And I'm, you know, 20% is on the upper end. The fact is that even if it's at 20%, you still have 80% of people that are never coming back to the website. And so for me as a marketer, I need to convert the shopper in this session itself. Again, this is the lens through which I'm looking at the problem. And this is how we kind of optimize conversion rates. So how should we be thinking about our product pages? In the next couple of slides, I'm going to talk about different mental models to think about your product page. So the first thing I want to share, which is a beautiful idea, is that every 24 hours, millions and millions of people land on a product page for a product that they've, they've never seen. And based on the sales pitch on that product page, simply based on the sales pitch on that product page, they part with their hard-earned hard -earned dollars, which means basically they're taking their wallet out and they're saying, okay, this is the curling iron. I want to buy. This looks really good. They've covered all the questions I had. I'm just going to buy from them. They're not, they don't even know who the brand is at this point, right? I mean, they, 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 that's, that's the magic of, that's the magic of product page optimization. And this happens millions of times on websites every single day. So we have to really say, okay, it's already happening. How do we make this happen more for our product pages? Another thing I like to talk about is I kind of look at the product page as being as being like a direct response ad. Some of you on this webinar might be very young. You might have never seen a direct response ad. I'm old school. I'm a big fan of old school direct response ads. And the way they would work is that you would have a magazine and in the magazine, there'd be a page devoted to a product and there would be a little coupon box. You would enter your information. You'd send a mail to them and that's how they would track it. I like to look at the product pages and treat it like a direct response ad. And I find that when I treat it like a direct response ad, it really sharpens my thinking versus thinking about it as a place when I'm describing the features and benefits of the product. The purpose of the product page, and make no mistake about this, the purpose of the product page is to not describe your product. It is to send your product. So the, the product page is where we're making our sales pitch. And it's really important for us to really understand that. I'm going to talk about this in a few different ways because I think uh, people learn differently. So another way of looking at this is that look at your, think of your product page as, or think about your ad as a movie trailer, right? So if you're advertising on Facebook, a lot of people are spending a lot of money in advertising on Facebook, um, which is a good thing. But the ads that you're showing on Facebook are essentially just a trailer. And when they come to the product page, the product page is the feature film. And if you think about it from that perspective, you'll realize that we're doing the opposite. Right now, we're spending a lot of time. I, one of the surveys I do with customers is, when was the last time you made an adjustment to your, your ad? And they, they have three options. Almost always, they'll say, in the last couple of days. Then I ask them, when was the last time you rewrote the description in your product page? And the answer is, invariably, we don't remember. And so I want to flip that. I want to look at the product page as a feature film. Can you imagine watching a trailer where the trailer is really promising and really appetizing, but then you go watch the movie and the movie is terrible? That's, that's a bad experience. So you want to start working on your ads after you've nailed your product page. Another way of looking at it, and we covered this earlier, is that for paid traffic that is coming to the product page, similar to the curling iron example that I showed you, the product page is not just one page in your website, it is your entire website. And so you have to think about your entire website as being that product page for that specific type of buyer. Um, so now we've now that we've kind of covered in different angles uh, the importance of the product page, I want to actually talk about how do we construct the sales pitch on that product page. So this is a mental model. So there are three aspects of the sales pitch that we need to think about. There are three parts of it. 
the first part of it is the opening. And the purpose of the opening is to not close the sale. And I think this is a mistake that we make as marketers. We immediately start focusing on closing the sale. The purpose of the opening is to actually get the user to stop ignoring the alternatives. Typically, when a user comes to our website, they have multiple tabs open. That means they are looking at multiple curling irons or they're looking at multiple air purifiers or they're looking at multiple vacation destinations. And you are just one of the tabs. So before I'm ready to convert you, I have to first convince you that please don't, please ignore the other tabs. So you have to write copy in a very specific way. And we have a very specific formulation for this. The second thing you're doing as part of your opening is you are helping them overcome the unfamiliarity barrier. This is a really important concept. We are so focused on trying to get the person to buy our product that we don't realize that you can't even begin to start getting the person to buy a product unless you've made the buyer comfortable with who you are. So you have to tell them your why we exist story. And that's going to be part of the opening. Now, once you cross the opening, you get to the middle of the sales pitch. The middle of the sales page is where you are really demonstrating expertise, like your raw knowledge and expertise about this product. You're talking about all the features of the product and how you really, you really want to let the buyer know that you don't just sell a curling iron or you don't just sell an air purifier. You are actually an expert in that subject. You want to like position yourself as an expert. You need to also during the stage itself, anticipate all the missing features that the product might have or the inferior features that the product might have and start addressing them up front. And then we get to the closing of the sales pitch. The closing has just one objective. So what happens is as the user is going through the sales pitch, all of these questions are bubbling in their mind. Uh, you know, should I buy this now? Is this feature really useful? Is this going to cover my entire room? You know, all of these questions are bubbling in their mind. The job of the copywriter is to anticipate what those questions are and to start addressing them. So the closing is where we start addressing all of those, busting all of those objections. Because guess what happens if the user gets to the bottom of the sales page and we've still not addressed those questions? They defer judgment. So they don't, they're very kind to us. They don't reject us. But what they say is that I don't have all the information I need to make the purchase today. So I'll come back after a couple of days and make a purchase when I have all that information. We saw in the earlier slide that my website's return rate was 11%, which means there's an 89% chance that they'll never come back. And so these are really small odds. So we need to make sure that our closing covers all of those negative questions. I'm going to now share a case study. Uh, for one of our clients called handicappets.com. And we're going to show you how we use, we, you know, we talked about the three parts of the sales pitch, the story. We're going to talk about how we use their story to massively improve conversion rates by 38%. So this is the, the page that the client had. Uh, this is the top half of the page. This is the lower half of the page. You'll notice it's very con content heavy. They're talking about all their wheelchairs. They're trying to give all the information up front. And our basic hypothesis was that, yes, you have the best wheelchair in the world for dogs, but when a user first comes to the website, they don't really know who we are and what makes us special as a company. So what would happen, it was a thought experiment, what would happen if we changed our focus uh, from the product and focused on telling a little bit about who we are? So we ran an experiment where this is the treatment, this is the top half of the page, and Actually, I should come back here. And what we what you notice over here is we've got a picture of the founder on the bottom right corner, and we've got a description. It says, do you wish your best friend could run, play, and exercise like other pets? 
And that's a headline. And then we put a description over here. And then we're really, we're not talking about the product at all. We're talking about the problem it solves. We're talking about who we are, our background, trying to show the founder uh, image, show a video that demonstrates what the product does. And then there's a button over there. You notice it says, why buy from us? This is the number one question that the user has. If you don't convince the buyer that you are someone that they should be considering, it's meaningless to sell them on why a product is the best in the world. So when you click on why buy from us, we showed a pop-up where we are a light box, where we are actually showing the team behind the company and explaining what these guys do and what they stand for. And that's how we notice a 38% improvement in conversion rates for this page. So the only change we made, the only change we made was at the top of the page, we created, we, we introduced their story. And then we really effectively dramatize their story. So that's that's how you kind of, that's how the sales pitch gets affected on the product page. So now that we've talked about this, I want to get to the final part of the, of the presentation. And here, we're going to be talking about how do we maximize impact. So you've constructed a sales pitch. You've constructed a story for your product, right? You've got an opening. You've got a middle. You've got an end. You've kind of formulated it really beautifully. You're happy with how it looks. Now the question is, okay, how do I, how do I actually, how do I instrument this on my product page? So I'm going to talk about, and this is the most interesting part of the presentation. I'm going to talk about a crazy idea. And I think this is surprising to me that this has not been solved already. If you go to any website in the world, your website, your competitor's website, and you go to the same website on your desktop, and you go to the same website on your mobile device, you go to the website on a Monday, and you go to the website on a Wednesday, you send that link to your friend, and they go to the website, every single person no matter what day it is, no matter what device it is, no matter who's seeing it, is seeing that exact same product description. This means that the marketer did this incredible hypothesis where they were able to construct a sales page that was perfectly balanced for all types of buyers. And I do not think this is even humanly possible. So the idea that the description on every page is the same, to me, is a huge wasted opportunity. And I'm going to talk about that next. So there isn't a perfect product page. There are only perfect product pages. And so if you're selling a wheelchair, there is a version of that wheelchair page description that might appeal to me and have the highest effect on conversion rates for me. But there's a different version of that product page that will have a different conversion rate effect for a different type of buyer because different buyers have different shopper modalities. We behave in different ways. We analyze different things differently. We prioritize information differently. So I want to just emphasize point over here. So your shopping habits are different than mine. What motivates you is different from me. Yet when we go to a product page, we are both shown the exact same description. And I think that's a huge lost opportunity. So let's contrast this. Let's think about one of the mistakes that I think, or one of the opportunities that we need to think about is where can we learn from? Retail, maybe e-commerce is 25 years old, but retail is 300 years old, maybe even older than that, right? Maybe maybe it's 1,000 years old. The point is that humans have been selling for a long time. So what can we learn from them? Let's think about what happens in a retail store. So if in a retail store, and I, I should actually go back to this slide, if you go to the retail store and if you encounter a really knowledgeable salesperson, do you know what they do? What they do is they engage you in a conversation, a very natural conversation. 
And through that conversation, they understand who you are, what your context is, how long you've been looking to solve this problem. Uh, do you just happen to walk into the store because you had time to kill? Or did you come to the store because you wanted to make the purchase today? Is this something that frustrates you a lot? Or is this a minor annoyance for you? Are you price sensitive? Are you price insensitive? Have you looked at a lot of brands? Have you looked at very few brands? Um, are you a power user? Or are you someone who's new to it? So imagine, I like to use the example of a, 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 you know, a blender, a juicer. There are some people that are get, get into juicing because they really understand nutrition. There are other people that get into juicing because they simply want to lose weight. And these are different buying modalities. So the salesperson, through this very clever conversation style, is asking us a whole bunch of questions. And through those questions, they are they are kind of automatically bucketing us in different buckets. All of this is organic, by the way. It's not like they have a formula for it. This is how humans interact. And in that process, by the time they are done having this quick conversation with you, at the end of it, they are, um, they are making a very specific recommendation. And this is, this, is the, this is the idea that I want to incorporate onto product pages. One thing I should mention before we move to the next slide is that some of you might say that, oh, Rishi, we have a wizard on our website. I don't think this is the same as a wizard. And I'll tell you why. So again, going back to that salesperson's analogy, imagine you walked into the store and the salesperson said, you know, what are you looking for? You said, I'm looking for a blender. And the salesperson said, okay, great. But before I show you anything, I'm going to ask you 10 questions and I'm going to then show you the right, the perfect blender. That would be a very awkward way of having a conversation. So that's my problem with the wizards is that the user is being shown an interface where they have to answer a bunch of questions. It seems very, it's almost like a self-checkout lane in a grocery store. It's not very, doesn't seem very human. The other problem is that consumers are very aware of the fact that wizards always have a product recommendation at the end of it. So it's kind of loaded. So I want to kind of incorporate this in a much more subtle way. And I'm going to show that um, on the next slide. So again, the question is, what if we were to take this human technology and apply it to our product pages? So there are many ways of slicing and dicing this. So one way is to think about methodical and impulsive shoppers. And I'm going to show you an example of a case study we did for a client of ours. Um, so here, what we found was that this is a technical product. It's an air purifier, costs $800. And the consumer is not just going to buy it based on a very short description. So the client, very rightfully so, had a very detailed explanation for the product. They had the technical specs. They talked about the HEPA filter. They talked about how many cycles it does per hour. They talked about the, the motor behind it. All of the technical details that they knew were important. They didn't know what details mattered to what consumer, but they knew that in totality, these details really mattered because it was a higher price point item. But what we realized was that there are two types of people that are coming to this page. There are people that are really detail-oriented and then there are people that just want the quick story. They just, you know, they, you're not, they're not really interested in technology. They just want to make sure that they're buying the right purifier, but they want to, even though they want short content, they want to, they want it to be really good content. And the challenge the client gave us was that I want you to write copy in a way, do the description so that it appeals to detail-oriented shoppers and it appeals to people that are not looking for details. And this was a trick question by the client. And so I'm a very lazy guy. So I said, you know what? Forget that. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to make the user do the hard work. 
So what we did was on the product page, when you come down uh, to the description area, we have a headline, uh, there's a sub headline, and then there's an explanation for what this product does in a very brief way. And then we say, how much time do you have today? Now, there are many things I want to talk about this slide. First of all, this improved conversion is by 20%. But the thing I want to draw attention to is a couple of interesting choices we made. You notice that we didn't just ask the questions up front. Again, it goes back to the analogy of the salesperson. When you ask questions up front without context, people will never participate in them. So what we do is we always show sales copy above it so that we are warming the user. We're warming the user and getting them over that comfort zone or getting them into that comfort zone before we ask them questions. The other thing we did was that we were trying to separate out for people who wanted a lot of details and for people who wanted very few details. But you notice the question, the buttons, the copy says, I have two minutes, I have time. Why didn't we say, give me lots of information and give me the short version? Do you know why? Because what we found was that the consumer doesn't want to feel guilty about themselves by saying, oh, I just want the short information because nobody wants to be an ill-informed buyer. We want to be an informed buyer. So we used a proxy question. This is a very important copywriting technique. Always use a proxy question to get to the same answer. What we realized was that people who wanted the short version, they would never admit it. They would never tell us that, you know, I just want the short version. What they would say is I have less time. So we added this button that says I have two minutes and I have time. When you click on I have two minutes, you see the shortened version of the sales page. It's got all the key points, but it's very much summarized. If you make the mistake of clicking I have time, we showed five pages worth of content. We threw everything at you and we noticed a 20%, 25% improvement in conversion rates. So this is one example of how you can actually start personalizing your product page for these different types of buyers. I'm going to talk about, and it was actually the 30% improvement in conversion rates. I apologize. Um, then the other way of personalizing this is based on the awareness level. So the first thing we talked about was impulsive and methodical shoppers. The other way of personalizing is based on awareness levels. So this is a made up example, but we have certainly tested this for our clients. And here what's happening is we're selling a juicer. And again, you'll notice we do the same thing where we start off by describing what the product does before we start asking questions. But if you can zoom in and just pay attention to the lowest part of it, it says pick an option that best fits you. It says, the first one says, I'm new to juicing. Second one says, I'm a juicer, but I'm new to your brand. And the third one says, I'm a juicing nerd, but new to your brand. So these were the three awareness levels that we identified. So the first one is basically someone who's absolutely new to the category. Second person is not new to the category, but they're new to this brand. They've never bought Nash's juicer before. And then the third category is someone who's an Uber user, um, but, it's, but they're new to your brand. So these are three distinct buckets we found out. We found. And what happens is, and this is why it's the ultimate cheat code, if someone clicks on I'm new to juicing, we hide, the, we hide the remaining two buttons and the content that appears lower on the page is personalized for the person who is new to juicing. So it's exactly like in a sales, uh, sales floor situation where if imagine the salesperson could hack the brain of the consumer and understand what their level of awareness is, we are doing this by letting the user select that and then personalize and copy. The only point I want to emphasize over here is that it has to be done in a very creative way because it's kind of like a magic trick. If the user feels that you're just simply asking the questions to personalize content, that is very transactional. It's never going to work. It has to be done very organically. So we've very intentionally written the copy 
and we very gently got to the question. So it seems like an organic flow. It's happening at a subconscious level. Thank you, Rishya, for sharing these wonderful insights on optimizing product pages. And thank you, folks, for sticking with us throughout this episode. Now it's your turn to take action, implement these game-changing strategies, and let us know what impact it had on your business. Also, share this episode with anyone who could benefit from these insights. And don't forget to check out the other fascinating conversations that we've had with industry experts. Before you go, make sure to hit that follow button so that you don't miss a single episode of VWO Podcast. That's a wrap from our side. Until next time, goodbye, take care, and always be testing.